You are now tuned into The Point, the radio show that explores the Bible, studies its meaning, and affirms your faith with solid Bible teaching. The Point is sponsored by Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church of Early Texas. Grace Point meets for Sunday school at 10 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m. Grace Point meets at the Early Chamber of Commerce while their new worship facility is under construction. More information can be found online at pointtolife.wordpress.com or by mailing Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church at P.O. Box 3134, Early Texas, 76803. That's Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 3134, Early Texas, 76803. And now, with this week's study of the scriptures, here's Pastor Leland Acker. And we continue our study through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, cover to cover, and we are still in the book of Genesis. Genesis, the first book of the Bible, the name literally means beginnings. Not only is it the first book of the Bible, but it also captures the beginnings of this world and tells us where we come from. And by studying where we come from, we get an idea of how we got to be where we are today. That's the point of the book of Genesis. In Genesis, we learn about the creation of the world. We learn about the creation of man. We learn about sin and where it came from. And today, we are going to learn about where the divisions in society come from. The problems that we see in our world can all be traced back to the book of Genesis, and in particular, Genesis chapter 4. So if you will, turn with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, we'll be reading the entire chapter today. Genesis chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse 1. And Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also took of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering had he not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Enoch. And he builded a city, and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mehujael, and Mehujael begat Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamech. 
And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of one was Ada, the name of the other, Zillah. And Ada bare Jabel. He was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and the organ. And Zillah, she also bare Tubalcane, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubalcane was Nama. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth... To him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Throughout the history of mankind, and this goes all the way back to Genesis, throughout the history of mankind, a war has raged between God and man. This war began when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They ate, if you remember Genesis uh, chapter 3, they ate thinking that they would be as gods. That was a temptation that Satan put before Adam and Eve. He, he said that God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the Bible says that when the woman saw that the tree was, was pleasant to the eyes, was good for, for, good for food, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, and that's the key phrase there, tree to be desired to make one wise, she did eat and gave to her husband with her, and he did eat. They ate thinking they would be as gods. They wanted to eliminate God as their divine ruler and become his equals. And therefore they ate. And when they ate, they rebelled and God responded to their rebellion by kicking them out of the Garden of Eden. Now, the Bible tells us that they repented. And we know this for a couple of reasons. One, uh, we know that Adam uh, named his wife Eve, which means the mother of all living. And two, God had given them the plan of salvation in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where the Lord said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That was God speaking to the serpent who is inhabited by Satan. And the picture there is of the gospel where the Lord would destroy the head of Satan, would destroy his power, but in the process suffer a death blow. And that's exactly what happened on the cross. So in Genesis chapter three, we see the sin. We see man rebel against God. We see God take action and ban man from the Garden of Eden, but then we see God put forth the plan of redemption. And, but still, this battle between God and man and between God's people and the world's people develops. And in Genesis chapter 4, we see the battlefront develop between God's people and the world. Now, this battle began in the heart. Abel and Seth had faith in the Lord and worshiped him, but Cain did not. That seed of faith or that seed of lack of faith in the heart is what grew into this battlefront that we see today. It manifested itself in the physical world. Cain did not trust the Lord. Cain did not worship the Lord truly. Cain had hardness in his heart, and that resulted in him killing Abel in a jealous fit over God's favor. All right, so it started in Cain's heart, it resulted in Cain murdering Abel. And as a result, Cain was driven out from the family, and he goes off 
And if you read between the lines in Genesis chapter four here, you'll see that he fathers a godless yet advanced society. Meanwhile, Seth is born, he grows up and he fathers a godly society. And so you have two societies emerging here in Genesis chapter four. You have the godly society, which is fathered by Seth, and then you have the godless society, which is uh, the godless society, the ungodly society, the sinful society that is fathered by Cain. And you have these two societies that rise up, a godly society and an ungodly society. And there is conflict between the two, and this continues until Genesis chapter 6 when the godly society sees that the ungodly society has some really good things happening over there, and they join them. And that brings about God's judgment. And so we'll talk about that coming up in the, in the weeks ahead. But we see this same battle raging today between God's people and the world, between the godly people of society and the ungodly people of society. A godless world right now is showing off how well life can be without God. The godless world is advancing in technology and culture. And as the technology and culture advances, the reliance on the Lord, on faith, the influence of faith on life is diminishing. And as we see this develop, we see that debauchery within the world grows. We are developing new ways to be perverted in this society. There are things I'm having to learn about in the course of covering the news every week on KXYL that I'm learning that I never knew before. And I thought I'd lived a pretty wild life back in college. We see an ungodly world becoming more and more ungodly on a daily basis. But meanwhile, we still have a godly people that continue to resist the world's influence. And so we have this battle. We have godly people raising their families in an ungodly world, and they are following the Lord while trying to resist the influence of the ungodly world. And it's getting to be more of a battle every day. So let's take a look at the genesis of this battle, at the beginning of this battle. First of all, it began in the heart. It then surfaced in the physical world, and now we have the two societies. So let's look at how this uh, battle began in the heart. If we look in verses 3 through 5 in Genesis chapter 4 here, the Bible says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Now in Genesis chapter 4 here, we see that both brothers brought an offering. Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, which makes sense because he grew crops for a living. And while it was a portion of the Lord's provision for him, it fell short. And so Cain brings part of the harvest that the Lord had given him. And so it's, it's a sacrifice. It's a tithe. It's giving as the Lord had prospered him, but God didn't have respect to it. Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock. Again, this makes sense. He's a shepherd. He's a livestock technician as it is. The Lord had respect under this offering. So what's the difference? Cain brings of the fruit that the Lord had blessed him with. Abel brings of the firstlings of the flock that the Lord had blessed him with. They both bring of what they produce. They both bring a portion of what they were able to be blessed with, of what they grew. Why did the Lord have respect unto Abel's offering, but not unto Cain's offering? 
Now, you talk about this in theological circles, and one of the first things that will come up is the fact that Abel's offering was a blood sacrifice and Cain's was not. Because blood sacrifices, and particularly animal sacrifices, portrayed the eventual death of Jesus Christ for our sins. Um, animal sacrifices in the Old Testament, if you read the book of Leviticus, there are a number of them there. There are some that are instituted in the book of Exodus. You see in the Old Testament, the Jewish nation, uh, the sacrificing animals, the sacrificial lamb. You may have heard that. That's a term that comes out of the Old Testament. They sacrificed a lamb at Passover. Uh, it was to be a lamb without blemish, blemish and a lamb without spot. It was to be a yearling. And all of these things pictured the death of Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb, one without blemish or without spot, uh, one that was a yearling, which means it's in its prime, it is healthy, it is strong, it is growing and moving forward. Uh, the, the lamb would be sacrificed, the animal that was being sacrificed for whatever purpose the sacrifice was, would be killed, and the blood would be used to cover the horns on the altar, the horns representing judgment. The blood covers the judgment, you see. The lamb would then be cooked upon the altar, and the worshiper and the priest would eat it in the presence of God, representing the restoration of fellowship between God and man. That blood was connected, and once a year, connected, that blood was collected, and once a year, the uh, blood would be taken into the holiest of holies inside the temple and sprinkled upon the Ark of the Covenant, and that would atone for the sin symbolically for another year as they look forward to the coming of Christ. And so in the Old Testament, blood sacrifices, animal sacrifices were used to point to the death of Jesus Christ for our sins, to point to the plan of redemption. And so a lot of theologians think that Abel's sacrifice pleased God more because it pointed to this. It pointed to the gospel. It pointed to the death of Jesus Christ for our sins. But if you read the Old Testament, you'll see that not all sacrifices that were conducted at the temple were animal sacrifices. There were grain sacrifices, meal or meat. The meat offerings were not actually meat in the Old Testament. Meat means grain. So there were grain offerings that were that were given in the Old Testament as well as part of God's law. And so if God were to prescribe grain offerings later on in the Old Testament, then the fact that Cain brought a, a grain offering the, of the fruit of the ground, of the vegetables, of the grain that he had grown, that, that fact in and of itself wouldn't have offended God. If God accepted grain offerings in the, under the law of Moses, he would have accepted Cain's offering as well. The problem was not so much in what Cain offered, but in how he offered it. The heart of the one making the sacrifice determines whether or not God accepts the sacrifice. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, the Bible tells us, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. It was Abel's faith that drew God's respect, that got God's attention. Faith. All right, think about that word faith. Both brothers knew God existed, but it was Abel that trusted the Lord. In Hebrews eleven six, the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Obviously, both brothers believed God existed. But what separated Abel from Cain is that Abel trusted God to receive him and to reward him. 
That's a trust, and that's what faith is. And that faith in God produced a more excellent sacrifice. It was higher quality. It was an animal sacrifice, picture in the gospel. But there was more meaning behind it. There was more love behind it. And that's what God saw, and that's what God honored. Cain's sacrifice lacked this component. Cain's sacrifice probably was more of going through the motions. And when you just go through the motions with God, God doesn't honor that. And so the division began. God's favor was upon Abel. God's favor was not upon Cain. And so Cain became angry. And we read in Genesis chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Cain's heart hardened, and his anger at God grew. And so God is calling his attention to this and saying, What seems to be the problem? Why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? And when God asked that, he's not exploring Cain's feelings. He's getting Cain to explore his own feelings and the cause of his own feelings. The question that God asked Cain pointed him to the cause of his struggle. And the confrontation also included a warning. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. This was God saying, repent or be destroyed by sin. Sin lieth at the door. And so Cain here has an option. He can repent, ask God for forgiveness, and trust the Lord to receive him and to bless him and to accept him. Or he can continue this bitterness toward God because God had respect to his brother's offering. And what we read here in Genesis chapter 4 is that Cain did not repent. He wound up holding on to that anger, and he wound up holding on to that hardness in his heart. And as a result, he wound up killing Abel. Now, after he killed Abel, God set a mark on him and drove him out, and Cain went and settled in another land where he began to father a godless society. And that began the problems of the world that led up to the flood in Genesis chapter 6 through 9. All of our problems... All of our spiritual problems begin in our hearts. They begin personally. The sin and resulting destruction begins with discontent, unthankfulness, and rebellion in our hearts. You ever get to feeling bitter? You ever get to feeling angry and that angry feeling just lingers and stays around and hangs with you for long periods of time? That's hardness in your heart. That's anger and rebellion in your heart. That's sin in your heart. And that will eventually manifest itself. That will eventually come out in the way you behave and the way you talk and in the way you do things. And that'll create some greater problems for you. The problems that we see in society today begin in the hearts of men. The, the evil that you see happening in this world is a result of the fact that there's evil in the hearts of men. The violence that we see on the streets of our cities come from the fact that there are people who hold un conscionable levels of anger and violence in their hearts and it spills out into the streets because it spills out into the way that they behave the way they think the way you the way you believe in your heart leads the way you think and the way you think leads the way you behave and so therefore since we have evil and violence and anger in the hearts of people 
that is spilling out into violence in the streets in our society, not only in our society, but around the world. The division between God's people and the people of the world is in the hearts. There are those with hearts for God and there are those with hardened hearts. Repent of the hardness in your heart and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Place your faith in God and become one of his people. The division in society, the division between Cain and Abel began in their hearts and then it surfaced in the physical world. We see in verse 8 that Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Cain's motive for killing Abel was hate and anger. Cain was angry with God. Cain was bitter toward God, but Cain was unable to express this or to lash out at God. Cain was unable to get even with God, and so therefore Cain's anger was directed at Abel, and this led to Abel's murder. By the way, we see this a lot in today's world, not only in our society, but around the world. Hate and anger toward God leads to hate and anger towards God's people, which leads to the persecution of God's people. That's where it comes from. Cain's hardness of heart led to physical violence. Your spiritual condition results in physical actions. What you believe in your heart determines what you do in life. Cain's anger and hardness of heart resulted in violence. Do you have anything in your heart that will result in ungodly things happening? What's in your heart? The reason we see sin and violence prevail in this world is because that's what's in the hearts of men. Violence is born of anger. Sexual immorality is born of rebellion and desire and sexual rebellion. Theft is born of greed. The reason someone breaks open your car window and steals your purse out of the front seat is because they're greedy. They want something for nothing. That greed, that desire for something that has not been worked for, that's what leads to theft. And ungodliness is born of rebellion against God in one's heart. And so you have Cain, and he does not have a heart for God. He does not trust God. He is kind of bitter. And so when he offers an offering, God doesn't have respect for it because God doesn't respect the one giving it because the one giving it doesn't respect God. Meanwhile, on the other hand, you have Abel, excuse me, Abel, on the other hand, you have Abel giving an excellent sacrifice because that sacrifice was born of the faith in his heart. When Abel sacrificed the firstlings of his flock, in his heart, he was showing thankfulness to God for the redemption that God made freely available to him. Understand that the things that we see in today's world are born out of the hearts of men and women and can only be fixed with national repentance and national revival. And this begins with us. If we're going to see revival in our nation, if we're going to see revival in our society, then we have to be willing to inspect our own hearts for sin, inspect our own hearts for hardness, for lack of spiritual perception, for worldliness, inspect our own hearts for rebellion and for bitterness, and then inspect our own lives to see if there's anything in our life that displeases God. And if there is something in our life that displeases God, then we need to repent of that and look to our heart to see what in our heart is bringing forth that thing in our life which is is displeasing God. If we're going to have national repentance and revival, we've got to start with us. And then we've got to start reaching out to those around us after we have judged ourselves. And finally, this division in society between the godly and the ungodly began in the heart 
resulted in action, then resulted in the two societies. The first society being the Canaan society, the society that was born of Cain. And we see that Cain, when he left out and was driven out by God, he went and he built a city in verse 17 and named it after the name of his son Enoch. And Cain fathered many descendants. And in verse 19, we see Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of one was Ada. The name of the other was Zillah. So the descendants of Cain invented sexual deviancy and polygamy. They advanced agricultural technologies. In verse 20, and Ada bare Jabel, and he was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. And so they advanced agriculture and livestock management. They advanced music and entertainment and culture. In verse 21, his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and the organ. And so you see the ungodly Canaan society is developing music and entertainment and culture. And then they advanced technology and architecture in verse 22. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Nama. And so they advanced technology and architecture. And a, and a lot of this was weaponized. That's what the Brass Age did was it, uh, it allowed for one group to have the advantage on the other because they had better weapons. So they weaponized this as well. And so you see an advancing godless society full of sexual deviancy and polygamy and, and techno- technological and cultural advances. This advanced godless society emerged in rebellion against God. They tried to show that they didn't need God. They tried to show how good it could be without God. They lived in rebellion. And we see the same elements in society today. Atheists and agnostics claim logic and reason and science to their side, and science is often misused to try to discredit Scripture and to try to advance an ungodly lifestyle. Just look at what Bill Nye is doing these days. Technology is used to distract us from the truth, and movies, music, art, and entertainment are being used to advance a godless agenda. And so we see the same thing happening in the world society today. The world society today is advancing in all these areas, technology, culture, reason to try to discredit God and to rebel against him and to show how good life can be without him. But we know that that has a a destructive ending to it, doesn't it? In verses 25 and 26, we see the rise of a godly society. In verses 25 and 26, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Like Cain, Seth fathered many descendants. But unlike Cain, these descendants built a culture that called upon the name of the Lord. So even in a world where there was rising godlessness, God's people remained and called upon his name. And the same continues today. Even as the majority of the world advances sin, there are still Christians who follow the Lord and speak his truth. The question is, which one of these cultures are you a part of? We need to see a revival. We need to see a trend in society where people turn their hearts to the Lord. This has to begin with us. This has to begin with us inspecting ourselves to make sure that we are not like Cain. See, Cain was doing life. Cain was living out his purpose. Cain was doing what he was good at, and that was agriculture. 
But Cain was not happy with the Lord. He was unthankful. He was discontent. And that led to his spiritual downfall. Is that happening in your life? If it is, repent. Turn to the Lord. Ask him for forgiveness. And trust him, not only that he exists, but trust him to receive your plea for forgiveness, to forgive you, and to receive you, because that's the definition of faith. Faith is knowing that God exists and trusting him to reward those that come to him. That's what faith is, and that's what Abel did. That's what Cain did not do. So inspect yourself, look within your heart, see if there is anything in there which is displeasing to God, and repent of that, and turn to the Lord and trust him, and he'll bless you. It's been a wonderful study today. Hope to be able to meet you in person someday. May God bless you. May God keep you. Will always be my daily prayer. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to The Point, the radio show that explores the Bible, studies its meaning, and affirms your faith with solid Bible teaching. The Point is a radio ministry of Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church, which meets for Sunday school at 10 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m., at the Early Chamber of Commerce, 104 East Industrial Drive in Early, just off Highway 377, next to Pate's Hardware. Mail to P.O. Box 3134, Early, Texas, 76803. May God bless you and thank you for listening.